Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Tuesday, May 19th, 2020. Had a great time listening to the episode yesterday with John Lee. It was really great catching up with him, and he's just one of many guests that we have on this week that are really going to be a, a lot of fun uh, to go down memory lane, but also talk about some some current events too and some, some current things going on. So really enjoyed talking to John yesterday. Today on the program, we have Dave Guerrero, once again, another Real Hondo Prep graduate, but Dave is a manager, management consultant, I should say. He's going to be going to UCLA in the fall to work on his MBA. Uh, we, we discussed some of the scenarios with the whole quarantine situation and going to college uh, upcoming, but he, but he talks just about Southern California sports in general. He, he went to Real Hondo Prep, like I said, he was the same age as my brother, same class, I should say, played on that 2005 football team that won the CIF championship for the first 11-man championship for Real Hondo Prep. So looking forward to talking with him very, very soon. Had a It's been a great week so far. Things are going well. I can't wait for the guests we have, not only this week, but we've really started to pick up steam with various interviews, just really putting some interviews together and, and setting them aside for the following weeks. we got some great guests ahead. It's just been so much fun, like I say, every episode in talking to these people, people I haven't talked to in a while, people I have talked to in a while, just the various various avenues I've gone and they've gone in their life and just the different connections. It's been so much fun. I really appreciate all the support. Uh, as always, there's many platforms to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. We do our podcast through the Anchor app. Uh, it can be listened to through Spotify and Apple as well as many other platforms. Anchor helps us distribute that podcast out to various platforms. So however you listen, we really appreciate it. If you do listen through the Anchor app, do us a favor. Go in there to our podcast. Add us as a favorite. It really helps with our listenership and just uh, it helps us to grow. So our our listenership is growing uh, to nearly 2,000 plays. We should get there uh, very soon. And we're just going to keep climbing forward and and hoping to spread the word and and continue to get this podcast rolling. Uh, Tomorrow, we have Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. He is here every single week. The former retired Riverside cop brings strong opinions, random thoughts. I think he's ready to... Uh, really, really bring it tomorrow. Like a lot of people are feeling, he's he's frustrated and uh, just has some very strong opinions. So be ready for that tomorrow. He's here every single Wednesday. Thursday we have Jacob Hauser. He's a sales manager. He's also a high school football official. He refereed some college football as well. He and I started together the same year in 2007. So we have some connections and just various stories that, that we'll cover. And that should be a great uh, a great deal of fun on Thursday. On Friday, we have Gabe Perez. He is a owner and operator of the North Pasadena CrossFit. He was recently in a... Uh, We'll call it an online commercial. Uh, I saw it on Facebook, just him and a few other local gyms that are talking about uh, reopening and really requesting from the state, from the city, the county to really move forward in that direction with, with assisting small businesses like them in opening up their business and, and being uh, being there for citizens, the, the not only the mental but the physical well-being of citizens. So it'll be a lot of fun to talk to him on Friday about 
uh, his ownership of the gym. He's also in some real estate. We're going to talk some combat sports. It's going to be a lot of fun to wrap up our week and take us around third home safe for the weekend. That is how our week looks. Really excited. If you haven't noticed already, we've already put together some interviews for the following week. We're just going to continue to put those in our library and, and in, in our uh, in our uh, our our library, if you will, and, and just roll from there. So let's get right to it. We have Dave Guerrero on the program. Let's uh, sit down and enjoy a conversation with Dave. So here is Dave Guerrero. All right, joining us today is Dave Guerrero. He is a former Rio Hondo Prep football player way back when, graduated with my brother back in 2006. He is now in management consulting in his career path, and we'll talk all, all about all of the things he has done to get there. But Dave, I want to welcome you to the program. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, Matt. Looking forward to catching up. Awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long time. Not that long. You know, we've had a few uh, times we've hung out, Dave, whether it be a, a quick Vegas trip or a bachelor party, but we don't necessarily talk about all that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we, we run in the same circle. We have similar friends. We see each other at, you know, occasionally some Rondo football games or just when the, when the fellows get together just to hang out. But Dave, what are you up to these days? I mentioned your job is a management consultant, but what can you tell me about that? Sure. Uh, yeah, so I uh, graduated from APU uh, in 2015, uh, Azusa Pacific University, for those of you who uh, are unfamiliar. But um, I went straight into a career in management consulting from there. Um, so basically what management consulting is, is we are brought in uh, to work with clients who are just facing problems and want um, either an objective view or maybe some extra help to solve some of their biggest management problems. So I specifically focus on marketing analytics. Um, so basically what that would entail is, I guess, I'll give you an example of a project that I worked on recently. Um, I was working with a huge entertainment company um, who was looking to propose um, a renovation for a stadium arena. And so I basically was in charge of looking at their social media conversation around their brand and how the public was reacting to the news about them potentially renovating this arena. Um, and so basically what we do is we'll, we'll look at those analytics, we'll report back what people are saying, what are some trends in the conversation, and then um, just kind of figure out where we can go from there. So what, where we actually went from there was we noticed that there wasn't a lot of public support for the proposal. Um, so we ramped up a lot of the efforts on the ground to uh, get in contact with the community, uh, kind of um, talk to some uh, people who were pretty influential, and then try to get the word out about what uh, our company was trying to propose and why that would be beneficial for the community. Interesting. It sounds uh, sounds like a lot of work, but it, I'm sure you're the right guy for, for that job being kind of outgoing as you are. And uh, Dave, what can you tell me about, you know, with this virus and quarantine lockdown, has that affected much of your business or are you kind of operating the same as you were before? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, there are parts of the business that have been okay. So I think in the day-to-day -day work, um, everything is pretty much business as usual. Um, 
most of our work is pretty remote. So a lot of the time we'll just be with clients on the phone uh, or just um, corresponding over email. But I think uh, because the economy has been affected so badly, we run on a model where we have to continue to sell in work. Usually, you know, some of our contracts will be for the entire year or even uh, some of them can be as short as like a month, six weeks, eight weeks, things like that. So um, I think it created a lot of uncertainty in the pipeline for work. And um, I mean, as a result, like I, I am lucky because I will actually be going into an MBA program in the fall. So I'm, I'm actually going to be leaving my job and then going, going back to school. So I'm lucky in that sense where it's, if there were going to be layoffs at my job that um, it's not, uh, you know, it's not going to affect me as, as badly, but um, generally the, the business itself, the bottom line uh, will suffer, but um Right now, like I said, the day to day kind of is business as usual. Sure, and and what uh, what was the process for you to to get involved in this line of work? What made you go about uh, jumping into this field? Yeah, um, so I actually kind of fell into it in a sense. Uh, <laughs> I I uh, when I was at APU uh, in my undergrad, I worked in the Office of Career Services, and part of being in my role at career services was understanding what all the different uh, offerings were um, in that office. And one of them was that we coached people on how to uh, conduct informational interviews. And an informational interview is basically when you go and talk to somebody about their job or their role um, and get a feeling and understanding of what it is that they do on a day-to-day basis and whether or not that would be good for you, whether the company is good for you, whether the role is good for you, anything like that. And so I had actually uh, set up an informational interview to talk with a friend of mine who uh, was a management consultant at the time. And she told me all about what her job entailed. And so she told me all about how she traveled uh, every week and that, um, you know, she, she was on projects that she was on a variety of projects in any given year. So a lot of, her day-to-day would change pretty often. And so when I started hearing about what her job was like, I thought that sounds pretty awesome. You know, I really, I think pretty strategically. Um, I'm a, I'm a pretty big picture thinking type of guy. I like to travel. Um, I enjoy working on a variety of things. I do get bored pretty easily. So um, I figured it's a pretty, it's a pretty good mix of things that I would like to do in my career. And so that's what I kind of aimed for. Well, wow, that's cool. And and you said, uh, Dave, so you're, you're going to be going to pursue your MBA here in the fall. And, and which school are you going to be doing that at? Yeah, I'll be going to the UCLA Anderson School of Management uh, to pursue my MBA. Um, and I'm not totally sure what exactly I'm going to be doing afterwards, but I'm looking for uh, opportunities that would allow me to continue to be more strategic so um, and prepare me sort of for a general management role. So I've been looking at companies like Nike uh, or AB InBev, sort of these companies that I and brands that I really um, interact with on a regular basis and that I really enjoy and could really see myself um, like building a, a career there and really enjoying what I'm doing and feeling fulfilled. 
Oh man, that's, that's so cool. And, and anyone who knows you, Dave, knows that you're a huge UCLA fan, lifelong UCLA fan. So to, to now be able to pursue uh, an even higher educational goal at a school that you've loved your entire life has got to be a dream come true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually, the whole MBA process um, is pretty grueling because, you know, one of the one of the biggest factors and kind of like the, the key that unlocks the door is uh, taking the GMAT or the GRE. Um, and the GMAT is a really tough test. And so there were a lot of really late nights uh, where I stayed at the office from like five until, you know, I, I'd end my work at five and then stay in the office until 10 or 11 p.m. Uh, just studying and then um, to finally get the score that I needed and then be able to sort of go through go through with the application it was like a three-year process and it was um, to end up at UCLA like you said it's it's something that I've been wanting my my whole life really and so it kind of was uh, was a dream come true. Well I'm curious Dave we're gonna have to get some more information from you in the fall but you know there's a lot of talks going around that the college campuses uh, may not have students on campus in the fall. I know Cal State announced that recently, and, and I'm not sure about the UCs. Um, so I'm sure that will provide a whole nother challenge for you because of this whole COVID-19 situation. Yeah, that there's a lot of speculation right now. You know, I, um, I'm lucky to have, like I said, to have gotten in at this point because I kind of get to write out um, – the, the likely recession that we're going to be facing uh, while in school. So, um, you know, depending on how long it lasts and, you know, um, how quickly we can sort of get through to the other side of this, um, things are going to change pretty, pretty drastically. And, you know, we are anticipating, uh, me and some of my future classmates, we're anticipating that we won't be able to get onto campus um, as early as we'd like. And, that's just the reality of the situation. But I think um, all things considered, uh, we are we are not um, necessarily too, too disadvantaged because of that. I think that um, we're lucky that we've made some advances in online education in the last few years. And, um, you know, we're, while we are gonna be a test, sort of like a pilot program for that, I think um, there are worse situations to be in. Yeah, that's true. Things can always be worse, unfortunately. And, yeah. uh, you know, I hope by the fall things are in a much better place, but it, it seems like this dark time right now. You see glimpses of light and, and such, but it's just been a really frustrating time. A lot of people are out of work. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sitting around here <laughs> talking to friends on the podcast, uh, talking sports and just catching up with friends, really. But you know, at some point too, I got, I got to get back to work as well. So I don't know what the future has for us, but uh, I, I def, I know that, you know, if we're all in this together and uh, we move forward together, that, that we will all get through this for sure. Yeah. And I think uh, another thing that's pretty, um, a, a bright spot on this of going to business school at this time is that we are going to get to see real life case studies of how companies and our economy navigate through uh, this situation. And, um, you know, I, one, of the, one of the things that I actually did in my job uh, when I started was uh, crisis communications. It was kind of like a, a focus of my work. 
And, you know, that there is no bigger situation that I've seen um, than this. And so um, to be able to sort of experience that and to come out on the other side, I think as leaders to understand what a crisis looks like and how to navigate it is huge. Because if your brand has not faced a crisis just yet, it's definitely on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uncharted uh, territory, and and this is definitely a scenario, a real life situation that that you could not simulate anywhere else. And it's it's crazy the things we we've seen the past few months, and uh, just the things we take for granted that aren't there anymore. And you know what? I, I'm hopeful. I really am uh, that 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 we will slowly start. Uh, getting back to where we were, but unfortunately it may not be a hundred percent. Well, Dave, let's switch gears for a second here. Um, you are one of the, I know we live in the Los Angeles area, but unfortunately there's, there's not a whole lot of uh, Rams fans as many as I would like to see. I'm a <laughs> lifelong Los Angeles Rams fan. Even when they were in St. Louis, to me, they were the LA Rams. Um you know, Los Angeles's first ever professional team in any sport was the Los Angeles Rams. Just throwing that out there. But what's your uh, your story with you liking the Rams and, uh, you know, for how long? And, yeah, tell, tell us about being a Los Angeles Rams fan. Yeah. Um, so growing up, I really liked sports a lot, but mm-hmm. I never really had anybody to watch sports with. It was sort of like this thing where um, (laughs) like I would watch them and catch them when they were on TV. And, you know, I would be a fan of like the, the big names. So watching the NFL, for example, like I was, I never really had a team growing up. My, my family were uh, Rams fans. Part of them were Rams fans and part of them were Raiders fans. Um, and I just kind of went back and forth between those two when I was a kid. Then growing up a little bit more, I really uh, enjoyed watching like the 49ers with like Steve Young and Jerry Rice. Um, you know, those were those were some like great times in football. And like you mentioned earlier, I've always been a huge UCLA fan. So I always gravitated more towards uh, UCLA and college sports. But uh, getting to the Rams, you know, I had always wanted, being a big sports fan, I always wanted to see the NFL come back to LA. Um, mm-hmm. And I always said that if if we had a team, you know, I was going to be a fan. So um, I actually attended school down in San Diego for a few years. Um, and so was kind of a Chargers fan down there. When the Chargers moved here, you know, I sort of being a Chargers fan when you're in San Diego is one thing. But then I think the way that they dealt with the move and sort of like basically gave a big F you to their fans by leaving and saying our franchise value is going to go up because we moved to, <laughs> to LA. You know, I, I thought that was just a, a totally dick move and um, I didn't want to be a fan of them anymore. So, um, <laughs> you know, when the, the being, being the only other team in LA, the Rams, I kind of went like full steam ahead and just sort of jumped on the bandwagon. <laughs> well, there's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, uh, we'll call them band, bandwagon Rams fans. It's, you know, there's because there's yeah. not much of a, a wagon to, to have usually. Uh, the, yeah, they made a good run a couple of years ago. And I just love seeing football back in Los Angeles. I, I didn't really want two teams. The Chargers just coming up up north a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you. Didn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, to me, they're piggybacking this thing. The Rams are building this 
gorgeous stadium in Inglewood. It's going to be just state of the art and one of the best in the world. And then it's also going to, Oh yeah, the chargers play there too type of thing. And it just, uh, (laughs) I don't know. I I'm, I am, if it's got to be two teams, I'm glad it's not the Raiders at least. And that it's uh, (laughs) chargers who are have Southern California. Well, the Raiders do too, but the, you know, the chargers, uh, they were the Southern California team for a little while when we didn't have the, the Rams and everything. And, but, uh, okay, well, that's, that's interesting, Dave. That you're kind of a yeah. – you followed a bunch of teams, but you, you settled in. I think you, your pride is to the city of Los Angeles, right, and to Southern Absolutely. California. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it drives me crazy when I see other people rooting for teams from, from all over because it's, <laughs> you know, okay, yeah. you want to make the argument there's no team here. I get it. But, but how come there's not more like Bronco fans or there's not <laughs> – you know, I don't know roots for the Lions. Why is it always the Cowboys, Niners, and Raiders? What's up with that? I, I don't get it, but, uh, you know, I'm biased too. So, well, well, let me ask you this, Dave. You know, we're recording this on uh, Wednesday afternoon. Uh, it'll probably come out next week, this episode. But today, the Los Angeles Rams, even if you're not a Rams fan, you can uh, maybe take a little interest in this. The Rams released their new uniforms. They came out with a new logo a few months ago, uh, maybe as a few weeks ago. People didn't like it. They came out with the color scheme. People were okay with it. And then finally today they came out with the uniform. So Dave, as a, maybe not a lifelong Rams fan, but just an LA guy, what are your honest opinions of the new Rams uniforms for 2020? Uh, so they, they did start to grow on me. Um, my initial reaction was that I didn't like them. Uh, I think that the the new logo is not good, um, and <laughs> I think that the the uniform sort of went with that sleek modern look, and I'm not sure that it totally uh, works out. But when I started looking at uh, some of the uniforms online, uh, like the fan versions of the uniforms. It, it started to grow on me a little bit more. And then when I started seeing the the mock-ups with the players uh, in the uniforms, I think they look a little bit better. But um, I, w- I was honestly a huge fan of the, the uniforms from last year. Um, I like the royal blue with the gold. Um, I like the the all gold ones that they wore, the color rush uniforms. Oh, the, yeah, um, like the yellow gold. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I would have preferred them to go in that direction, uh, sort of like the helmets look, the colors on the helmet. Um, but, you know, I, I, I feel like people are going to get used to it. I just, mm-hmm. you know, right now it's, it's not, um, I, I, I'm getting the consensus that people don't like them very much. <laughs> yeah. So far that's what it appears. I mean, you know, they, they came here from St. Louis and they changed. They had the Navy and the, uh, you know, gold, gold bar gold. And yeah. when they got here, they wanted to make a change. The first year they kind of wore those. Then they went to kind of the old school Navy and white helmets and basically the all white look. And it was kind of a throwback to, you know, even before the the 90s and 80s uh, royal and, and yellow look. Yeah. And then... Anyway, I, I kind of always liked that on the road, and I, but I like the, the classic 90s, you know, royal and yellow look. Uh, and so they basically went that direction. 
when they did that, I had a feeling they were going to change the helmets from, from more of a dark shade of blue to the Royal blue to kind of match their tops. And it's kind of like a matte finish, like a metallic look, like a lot of colleges yeah. do. So I don't know. I don't want to sound like the old, old man here, but I don't <laughs> think all change is necessarily good. You know, you look at the Steelers, the 49ers, the Packers, the Cowboys, it's just a classic look. It's very simple and it doesn't change much. But I think in today's world, everyone wants something that's more hip and new and modern, uh, you know, like a lot of colleges are doing. And, and uh, you know, it is what it is. I, I, it's going to grow on us, I think. But I don't know. I could see it change, changing back in a few years if people just kind of refuse it and <laughs> don't buy things. But yeah. I, I don't see that happening. I think there are there are two camps when it comes to uniforms. Like there are two types of uniforms. There's either the the trendy uniform or the uniform that is classic and traditional. And I think you sort of earn the classic traditional uniform by building a tradition as a franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you look at like like you mentioned, uh, look at uh, programs like Alabama and Penn State and USC who have these traditions of you know, these clean uniforms, and they haven't changed that much over time. You know, every once in a while, you'll get like another splash of some color here. But, um, you know, in baseball, you have the Yankees with the classic pinstripes, and you have the Dodgers in the blue and white. You know, those are those are classic looks, and, and those will never go out of style. And I tend to be in the camp that prefers that type of uniform. Um, you know, I, I do, I do like some trendy uniforms there are you know like the padres with their camo uniforms i always i always thought Mm -hmm. those were really awesome um but i think that if you're if your franchise doesn't necessarily have that tradition then i think you have more of more of a leeway to experiment with your look and i don't think that's always a bad thing so i think that with the rams for example i think there are some some things that I do like about the uniform is I do kind of like the off white for their road uniforms. So they're mm-hmm. calling it bone. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those look pretty cool. And I think that they could go in a pretty good direction with those. But right now I'm, I think it's too much of a shock <laughs> to, <laughs> to see it um, based on what my previous expectations were, like what I thought the new uniforms would were probably going to look like. Yeah. And you know, the, the horn helmet is iconic you know, not everyone knows this, but that was the first logo ever put on a football helmet. All the helmets and the leather helmet oh, wow. days were all were all just plain. And the the Rams were the first organization to to put a logo on. And so those horns, although they've changed a little over the years, maybe different colors, they're they're still kind of wrapped around through the ear hole. And, and and you know when you see it, like that's you know that's the Rams organization. And, and now this. When I saw that they changed the logo with the LA and the half horn type of thing, I knew they were going to do something to the helmet, something to the horn <laughs> that maybe didn't loop all the way around just to kind of push that agenda. And I'm like, oh, come on. How can you change the helmet? It is the first ever logo on a helmet in the history of football. That's that's my big point, my big argument. But you know what? Uh, no one listens to me. Dave, no one hardly ever listens to me except when I'm rambling in this microphone occasionally (laughs) yeah i mean yeah that's true i think uh i actually didn't know that about the being the first logo on the helmet i think that's a really cool uh cool fact 
Yeah, I'd say it's one of the only good things, you know, the Rams that it's famous for. Uh, no, you know, like I said, there's a handful of good years. The Rams have a good history here in Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, they've been here uh, four years. I cannot wait for the new stadium. Ticket prices are, are going to be insane, especially for that opening game Sunday night against the Cowboys. I'm going to do everything in my power to get there. I really, really hope that they are playing in stadiums that have fans. I know the California governor is, is, you know, making that a little more difficult, you know, in the name of public safety and all, but uh, so who knows if the Rams and chargers and the 49ers for that matter, even play in the state of California this year, uh, because California kind of, they, they, they do things different as you you're well aware, having, have lived in maybe mm-hmm. traveled a bunch of other places as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. And I think one of the, again, like going back to the, the MBA, um, one of the things that I do want to do with my MBA and is explore the idea of working in sports. Um, and so there's no better city in the world um, for sports than LA, um, at least in my opinion. You know, we have, uh, um, we have every sport that you can think of here. Um, even including hockey, even though this is not a cold weather environment, but um, you know, there, there's something for everybody. And I think that there's a lot of really exciting opportunities to, um, to, to do something where I can eventually end up in uh, in a strategic role or in the front office somewhere. Um, sure. Sure. Yeah. And you know, and you know, you, you make, you bring up a great point about Southern California sports. Yeah. Yes. Los Angeles for that matter. And, and yeah, we're going to include a few of the orange County teams cause they're not that far away, but you know, LA Southern California has two of everything now. And, and they've always kind of had that even when it was the Rams and the Raiders here for a short time, you know, now they got the Rams chargers, you know, Lakers Clippers. And I know the Laker fans don't want to, you know, you know, the Clippers are the, the stepchild of the Lakers. They just want to talk banners and everything. But truth be told, the Clippers are a much better run organization now than they have been the past 20, 30 years, whatever. Uh, two baseball teams, you know, yes, one plays in Anaheim, one plays in Los Angeles, but there are options here in Southern California. You know, I'm not the biggest soccer fan in the world, but there's there's even two of those here. And, and uh, as, far, as far as I know, at hockey, there's so many options that's not even including San Diego. And, you know, it's a great place to be and, and be a sports fan. And it really shows not only the sports fans that support the local teams, but just how many fans there are here in Southern California from other parts of the country who, who cheer for those teams too. It, it's really unique to everywhere else around the country, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, if we didn't have those visiting fans then nobody would be in the seat that Charger games. <laughs> it's true it's very true yeah you know I, I don't know what they're gonna do with this new stadium there's enough of a built-in rams fan base here with the history and everything and, and i know the chargers played one year here in la way back but you know still i think their fans are so pissed off from the move because their owner would not build a stadium uh the, the chart i feel so bad like you do for the for the san diego chargers fans san diego people they they that Qualcomm Stadium was a joke I've been there a couple times it was just old and just bad and you think San Diego to me that's a that's a professional sports city 
you know, it, I, I don't know why there's not an NBA team there. I know the Clippers came from there, but NBA and, uh, and NFL need to be down there in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think that they're like you mentioned um, about the Clippers being a well-run organization. Um, I think that is super huge uh, and really dictates the health of, of a franchise. Um, and I think that it's sort of an understated part of it. I think a lot of people look at the product on the field and they look at the players, but those players don't end up there without, uh, you know, some money moves being made in the front office that allow them to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, like we'll go back to the Clippers, like how, they would not be in the position that they're in if they weren't able to make some moves to put them in a position to get both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think, um, I, I think that's an exciting thing. I think that uh, being able to be part of a front office would be just like an amazing business opportunity. Um, and who knows, maybe like I can be part of that solution to bring some sports back to San Diego, because you're right. I think that there's definitely um there's a lot of opportunity there. Well, well, Dave, if, if you uh, are able to land anything, you know, you have my number. I, I, I could carry your bags, do whatever you need. I, I would love to be involved in sports myself. And uh, yeah, I, I, I follow, follow your lead, man. Good luck to you. <laughs> whatever that <laughs> entails. Uh, sounds like we have a lot of similar interests and, and I know a lot of people who listen to this enjoy sports and, and just talking a little bit of, uh, our backgrounds too, you know, we went to a unique high school. Uh, it, it, it gets brought up here on almost every episode, just because a lot of the people I talked to uh, went to that school, you know, they, they, that's where they went and then branched out into their various careers and such. But what can you tell me, Dave, about growing up in, in Cary youth league and, and then Rio Hondo prep? Um, yeah. So I, I joined Cary youth league, um, as early as you could join it. Uh, so back when I, I think they changed the divisions now, but back when I joined, you know, they had D's that was the youngest age that you could join. And then you had, it went up from there. So D's, C's, B's, A's, double A, triple A. Um, and I joined as a D and that was like, they didn't even let you play football back then. <laughs> we, <laughs> we did uh, soccer for like three seasons and then baseball and then T-ball. Um, so, you know, it was, I, it's been a big, huge influence in my life. Um, and like you mentioned, you, it comes up on every podcast, but I talk about care or my experience playing sports a lot because it was, it was basically, it was my life for, <laughs> uh, what, 14 years until from when I was like four or five until I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we, I know a lot of my best friends from care. Um, I, I don't think, I think one of the biggest things that I appreciate about care youth league is um, the idea that it wasn't always about winning necessarily. Like that's, I'm not saying that it wasn't about winning. <laughs> I'm saying that um, the focus was always bigger than that. It was, the focus was if you do, the right things the right way, um, then success will follow. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, building a base of just becoming a better person and being a better human being and having some accountability and building that foundation out both on the field and outside of that environment, 
um, kind of made us more well-rounded people. And I think I try to bring that to uh, my life in, in different ways, but I, I try to sort of keep those fundamentals um, in my life. Yeah, I, I think the little things you learn Dave, add up so much into making big things. You're very successful at what you're doing right now. And I'm sure there's plenty of things Care and Rio taught you that you you utilize every day without even knowing it. Showing up on time, uh, making sure you're, you're, you know, you're presentable, you know, being courteous to other people, leaving things better than you found it. Those are things that you do daily in any aspect of life, any job you have that you may not know you even do, but it just became ingrained in our, in our, uh, in our habits, you know, good habits uh, lead to good things. So I, I could not agree with you more that it, it has really shaped the, the attitudes and just our daily life, uh, you know, things that we do without even knowing it, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, one of the things that sort of got me on this whole, uh, process towards an MBA was kind of figuring out what I wanted to do with my life and looking back, you know, a big theme has always been sports and then subsequent to sports has been coaching. And so, Mm -hmm having leaders who like really cared for you, like who cared for you as a person, not just like, are you a good athlete, but like, are you a good person? Um, I think was, was a huge formative um, experience. Um, Having coaches like Dave Carson uh, and you mentioned Todd Carson um, before. And I, I think that they, they taught us these lessons that maybe we didn't know that we were learning at the time and, or maybe we thought that they were blowing things out of proportion at the time, (laughs) but um, they sort of taught us these things that you, that feel like common sense, but that are not so common. Like you look around and um, you don't see it as much as you would like. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt about that. I, I, you know, people talk about leading Rio and going out into the real world, right? That's the, the, the phrase you hear all the time. And you know what? I think, I think you're prepared. There, there's different things maybe you experience or, or learn other, other things out there. But in general, I mean, you're pretty prepared. Mark told me, Mark Carson, he, he referenced the prep in Rio Hondo prep, they take pride in that aspect in, in being prepared, preparing you for adulthood. And, and it, and it's true. So uh, yeah, it's, we can go on and on about it. And, and I'm sure some non Rio Hondo preppers out there probably, probably are tired of hearing it, but it's just another example, Dave, you're a classic example of it. And uh, you know, everyone I talk to, it seems like it's uh, it's autopilot. People are saying the exact same thing without me even uh, having a conversation with them beforehand. So it's really, it's really nice to hear. Uh, Dave, I want to ask you a question. You played with my brother, graduated with my brother, same class. Uh, you said you listened to the uh, episode with Landon Goodwell not too long ago. Uh, he was on, he was one of the best football players that, uh, that Rio's had. Uh, you were in a unique situation in that Rio had a lot of history in eight man football, a lot of tradition and success. They went 11-man my senior year. You were fortunate enough to do two things. You played in the first-ever 11-man championship that Rio played in. Unfortunately, you guys lost your junior year. You guys came back your senior year. You played in the championship game again as an 11-man football team, and you were the first 
first team in Real Honda Prep history to win an 11-man championship for the school. So can you tell me what that feeling was like and, and how much it meant to you? Yeah, I, you know, I still get chills thinking about uh, winning that championship. Um, and I still get chills thinking about losing that championship the year before. Um, I think those two experiences, um, you mentioned the episode with Landon, he talked about uh, how sort of going through these things together kind of bonds you and sort of is, is this experience that you don't share in any other way. And I think uh, Rio uh, does that in a variety of ways. So I think one of the biggest things that led to our success uh, in my senior year was that we knew what it felt like to lose. We were just as much a part of the losing team um, and carried that with us. And it sort of fueled our, our desire to train um, and do things as a team and as a unit. It, I, for those people out there who have never experienced like losing uh, a championship game or losing something that you worked so hard for, um, it's, it's devastating. It's really, really a horrible feeling. And um, I think to be able to have a group around you to support you and say like, we're all in this together is just another level of like, I don't know. I think it's like this other like side of life that a lot of people don't experience. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've been, I was lucky to have that in high school. I think, uh, again, I keep going back to this MBA process just because it, it's been such a, such a long process. But one of the things or a couple of the things that I've been involved with is one of them is the Reardon programs, which is a um, pre MBA fellowship program for students who come from, uh, disadvantaged uh, communities um, or are committed to sort of um, increasing representation in business school of um, Black, Latino, Native American, and minority students. So like being able to have that network and go through that program um, was just super helpful because it, it's similar to, to being in Rio where you're all in this together. It's a hard process, but if you have people around you who are committed to your success um, as much as they are committed to theirs, I think there's not, there's nothing that can compare to that. Um, it's a great feeling. And I, I think that it's, it's absolutely essential. Sure. And, and, you know, yeah, definitely on your, your point to be made there about you can't, you know, it's like we're watching this last dance documentary on, on ESPN every, every Sunday night. Now, you know, you can't appreciate winning and success until you have lost and you failed. Even if you thought you did everything you could and you still came up short, that fuels you. It, it, it also, uh, it humbles you. It gets you a little bit of a perspective on things. And, and again, in any aspect, in any area of your life, because nobody wants that losing feeling. I, I hated it. I hated it so much. Uh, and, and anytime I've, I come up short, I it oh it just drives me crazy. But it makes the the victories that much sweeter. Yeah, definitely. And I think in in high school you have uh, this other different layer of perspective where you haven't really a lot of people, I'm not going to say everybody, but there, there are a lot of people in high school who just haven't lived that much life. You know, you're young, you, 
you go through things and you're still sort of learning these are your formative years and to at that point in our lives to invest so much of our time um into practice into training and into sort of just being all about football for you know (laughs) a year round basically like we played other sports but come on, like the reality was football season was our time to shine. It was our time to get out there <laughs> and do the, the thing that we loved. Um, so I think that to put, invest all that time and come up short is a horrible feeling. But to your point, uh, having that feeling really makes the highs that much better because coming back and winning the next year and saying nobody's going to stand in our way um, we're all in this together and we're, we're going to succeed as a group. I got your back. You got mine. Let's do this. Like that's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. And, and you know what, Dave, not everyone gets to have that opportunity. I mean, the, the seniors, the seniors on the team, when you were a junior, they, they, they those are some great football players. They, they mm-hmm. were the best the school's ever seen. And, and unfortunately they didn't get another shot. And I think part of their, you seeing them grieve definitely had to be a fuel for you guys, because let's be honest, another thing that fueled you guys going from juniors to seniors that year was you guys weren't supposed to, you guys weren't supposed to be successful. You know, everyone kind of wrote you guys up. Oh, you lost all those seniors from last year and Mm -hmm. and you weren't supposed to be successful. And then you guys almost ran the table. You you had, uh, you know, one bump in the road, I believe uh, uh, one, one loss and you guys, achieve something that no one thought you could do, which has to make uh, just, you know, I was so proud of you guys having a brother on the team, especially, but it was one of the craziest and and most awesome things I've ever seen to see you guys flip the script and to go all the way. Yeah. I mean, I cried both times. (laughs) I cried when we lost (laughs) and I cried when we won. Um, And you're right. I mean, we, we had lost quite, a bit of talent uh, off of our team, especially uh, losing Landon, you know, everybody thought, you know, this is, this is going to be a rebuilding year. This team has no chance, but I think that's sort of been uh, the underlying theme of at least my sports career. Um, You know, going into my sophomore year on JV, I was told that I wasn't going to get any playing time. And that really, you know, I, I could have left that meeting when they said, you know, we see you as a backup, you're not going to get much playing time, you know, maybe next year on varsity. Um, But I took that as fuel to say, you know, I'm okay. I'll show you how much playing time I'm going to get. And then I worked my ass off uh, (laughs) leading up to the next year. And then I got a starting spot. Um, And then going into my junior year, I got, you know, I was got a starting spot as the center on that team. And so I was, you know, from going from you're not going to get any playing time, maybe next year, let, you know, let's see, uh, to starting uh, my uh, sophomore year on JV and then two years on varsity, um, I think was was something sort of a highlight of my career. Oh, definitely. It's 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 little stories like that within the stories that that I always appreciate. And, and I love seeing people fight through adversity. I mean, it's, it's kind of what life is all about, really. You know, there's, there's no handouts. It's, it's people fighting through tough times and, and obstacles. And uh, yeah, it's just, there's a thousand stories like that, Dave. And it's, it's been fun to talk about some of those with you. I think you have a really good perspective 
on on the past and the present and and definitely on the future with some of the things uh, you've been saying. Dave, what can you tell me? You, you said you're a pretty big sports guy, right? Pretty big sports fan. What has this two months been like for you w- without sports on? Because, you know, I don't have much hair, but I'm, but I'm pulling out what I, <laughs> what I don't have, what I have left. You know what I mean? What's it been like for you? Man, it's horrible. It's, it's so bad. Uh, <laughs> but I will say that I, it's actually, it's horrible to not have live sports. But I think one of the greatest things that I've been able to do is go back and watch old games. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I've been just going on YouTube and, like, I'll, I'll read something online about some old game or, you know, people on Twitter talking about, like, they'll live tweet games from, like, 10 years ago. Um, and I'll just go back and watch it and just it'll I'll still be just as invested in it as I was back then. Or if it was a game that I didn't see that was like maybe before my time, um, you know, I'll, I'll still be super invested in it, even if I know the outcome. Um, and I think that's been like really, really cool to see. Like I've, I've watched a ton of like Kobe's greatest games, um, <laughs> rest in peace, Mamba. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'll go back and watch like his final game or I'll go back and watch the 81 point game or some of those like finals. The other day I watched the, the game with uh, – where Robert Ori hit that the shot in the Western Conference Finals, oh. um, yeah. So like to relive those moments has been has been really great. And with having so many live sports on uh, in the regular world, uh, like pre COVID, I think you don't get that opportunity. I think it's been awesome. Um, I think that you, I mean, you're not a big uh, soccer guy, but I've also been going back and watching like old uh, Champions League games or like Premier League games. Um, and just watching like old soccer and like all these names who you hear them now you hear about them but like to go back and watch them on the field like guys like David Beckham and Wayne Rooney um, and some of like the Mexican uh, players that I follow I think it's super cool to just appreciate it all over again. That's a great point Dave you know I we see the old games the old footage but what's great about that is you can go back and rewatch a game that maybe you saw before that you remember what it was like watching it. It takes you back. But you could also watch games that you haven't watched before, historical moments, and kind of live through it, even though you know the outcome, but maybe you don't know the outcome. So it, it's it's a great point. It's like it's it's almost like rewatching a, a, an old movie that you've seen many times, but you still watch. And then there's plenty of old movies that are classics that you haven't watched them yet. Uh, you're still glued to it. And, and so, uh, yeah, I do think it's given us that opportunity. And, and I've done a lot of that myself, just watching a lot of ESPN documentaries and some mm-hmm. old games and stuff. We, we have that ability in, in 2020 to with technology and everything. Thank goodness. Um, and, and I know that, you know, there's bigger, there's bigger issues out there than uh, getting live sports on Matt Hersema's television. But, uh, you know, I do hope that it's just part of the process because sports does bring us together. It always has. It's united us in tough times. It's like only, almost one of the only things we can agree on, <laughs> even if we don't agree on the teams. We, we agree that sports is something that brings people together, especially in difficult times. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I used to go, I used to make it a point to try to get to a live sports event, like regularly. Um, 
And that's, I think that's the biggest thing that I miss is just not, not being able to go online or like, just say to my girlfriend, Hey, you want to go to the Dodger game tonight? I found tickets for like 12 bucks. Um, And then just like, you know, just heading over to Dodger stadium and and catching the game. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that I miss. Um, But I think that like, I think that, going back to the nostalgia thing you mentioned watching the last dance um earlier i think that like watching things like that again just going back and sort of revisiting what made things great and sort of picking it apart in more detail um Mm -hmm. i think has is is just a big opportunity which um if if for those people listening who haven't gone back and watched old games um i definitely recommend it yeah yeah same here (laughs) it it'll it's good for your sanity And, uh, you know, I love some of the documentaries that really go into old games like the, the the Miami and Notre Dame game back in, I think it was the eighties, right? The con Catholics for the convicts or like they talk about the university of Miami or USC's run or USC versus Texas. Like they have all the, they show the game clips and then they, they also talk about behind the scenes stuff or the bad boys, all these different documentaries are fun and it's also fun to just sit there and space out and watch an old game that happened 30 years ago too and you for me I, I watch everything Dave as you know I will I'll see I'll watch see what uh base coaches are doing I I notice what an umpire is doing behind the plate uh funny funny things that fans do and it's fun to look back on how some things have changed and how some things haven't right it's right. uh it, it's unique so so I totally agree with you there Dave uh, well, Dave, before we wrap things up, I mean, is there anything else you'd like to cover or any questions you have for me? Uh, it, it's been a lot of fun just chatting. Uh, you know, time flies when you're having fun, right? Yeah, yeah. This has been really great. Um, you know, I uh, I really think that during this whole uh, COVID um, era that we're living through, um, it's been great to, like, reconnect with people and really just have – conversations because what else are people doing right so i think uh i think it's been awesome i mean i i love that you've been picking it up on the podcast um (laughs) and really you know getting a bunch of different people on and different perspectives and um i did i did only listen to that landon one but i think uh i'll definitely be be tuning in more often well i appreciate it yeah the beauty of podcasts is is much like you're watching old games you can go back and Listen to them uh, anytime and in any order, really. But we put ours out Monday to Friday just to kind of keep the time uh, flowing here. And, and it's been great to chat with people. It really has. It's it's just having. I tell people who I'm recruiting to come on. I just I'm just like you know what? It's just a conversation. It's just like you and I sitting down at a at a table or and, and just chatting. You know, it's it, so it has been so fun, and I appreciate the support. Everyone has been uh, incredibly supportive and. I really appreciate you coming on today, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, good luck with everything, Dave, uh, the NBA. And uh, you know what? We'll, we'll definitely be uh, be in touch. And, and I, I wish you nothing but the best. Good luck out there. All right. Thanks, Matt. Thanks again to Dave Guerrero for coming on the program. A lot of fun to talk about Southern California sports and all the success he's having. I wish him nothing but the best as he pursues his MBA. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll be in the sports field or working for a sports team here in the near future. Thanks again, Dave. It was really fun to talk with you. And 
I know we, we see each other every now and then when our buddies all get together. So I'm looking forward to that real, real soon. Take care, Dave. Thanks again. Well, tomorrow's Wednesday, and that means one thing, Bill Barnes. He's back again on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. The controversial weekly guest brings his strong opinions and random thoughts. Definitely some colorful language, so be ready for that one. I can promise you it's always entertaining. He brings a lot of energy and uh, says what a lot of people uh, won't say but want to say. (laughs) And I'm sure there's plenty of people, too, that... Eh, well, may roll their eyes and, and do what they do, but we wouldn't have it any other way. We're happy he is with us every single Wednesday. Thursday, I mentioned Jacob Hauser, and Friday is Gabe Perez. So that is our lineup. We hope to hear uh, or have you listen to us. We look forward to your listenership. We thank you for the support. As always, there's many ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook page and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at Yahoo.com. We continue to get feedback and support from people. Uh, It's been great. It really helps us to develop a better program, to work on our interviews, and just uh, put an overall overall better product out there. So thank you to everyone. I can't say it enough. I say it every every show, and I'm going to continue to say it. So uh, look for our look for our Facebook pages and our various social media platforms. We're going to continue to put out information, whether it's who the upcoming guest is or the the day's episode or our lineup for the following week. That's where you can get all our information. You can copy and paste the links we send out with the various episodes. And you can always go back and, and re-listen to episodes or listen to episodes from the past. We are approaching, uh, well, well, we are into our 40th episode uh, now. And, you know, it's, uh, it's gone fast. It's crazy how much time flies. Just uh, really proud of everything and proud of the show. Uh, just so thankful for all the support and, and the friends and colleagues who've reached out. Really looking forward to so many more guests uh, in the near few few weeks to help us get through this lockdown. I think we're all moving in the right direction. I think things are going to change. I'm very hopeful and, and I, I'm very excited about it all. So you guys have made this process a lot smoother than it could have been. And uh, just just really happy that I have so many friends and colleagues that I can reach out to and have a conversation with uh, to to help uh, well look on the look on the past but also look ahead. So thanks again. That'll wrap up another episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. Please join us tomorrow on Wednesday with Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. But until then, guys, whatever you're doing, whether you're out on the town or round in third base, get home safe. <laughs>